The reading is from Luke chapter 23, starting at verse 50, which can be found on page 1061 in the Bibles in front of you. Luke chapter 23, verse 50. Now there was a man named Joseph, a member of the council, a good and upright man who had not consented to their decision and action. He came from the Judean town of Arimathea, and he was waiting for the kingdom of God. Going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body. Then he took it down, wrapped it in linen cloth, and placed it in a tomb cut in the rock, one in which no one had yet been laid. It was preparation day, and the Sabbath was about to begin. The women who had come with Jesus from Galilee followed Joseph and saw the tomb and how his body was laid in it. Then they went home and prepared spices and perfumes, but they rested on the Sabbath in obedience to the commandment. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright... The women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself, What had happened? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, good evening. Please do take a seat. And if you'd like to have uh, Luke open it in front of you, uh, we'll be looking uh, more at those verses that were read to us. It's page uh, 1061, 1061. Shall we pray uh, for God to be teaching and changing us? Everything changes, but you stay the same. Your word and kingdom endure. Heavenly Father, we thank you for giving us your enduring word. Uh, I thank you that you speak to us through it. Help us to listen now to what it says, uh, and would you be changing us uh, as we do so? In Jesus' name, amen. Well, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the key claim of the Christian faith. It's the centre of history, the point at which everything changed, when death is no longer the end. But today, uh, it might seem to be the single most unbelievable event in the Bible. The world today values 
science and rational thinking, evidence. In that world, the resurrection is impossible. In a world without God, there is simply no way that a man crucified by the Romans can be alive three days later. Maybe you've uh, got friends who are very happy to debate religion with you. Maybe who even seem positive towards your faith. But as soon as the conversation reaches the resurrection, you've lost them. Or maybe you're uh, here exploring Christianity yourself. You've been enjoying coming along to church, but you just can't work out how we can stake so much on this one claim of the resurrection. Or maybe even uh, you've been a Christian for a while, but there is still a small part of you uh, that says, what if I've got it all wrong? What if Jesus didn't uh, rise again? Maybe that describes quite a lot of us. Well, I think the question that uh, Luke wants to address uh, here is this. How can I be certain about the resurrection, that Jesus really is alive? A few decades after these events on Easter Sunday, those who had seen the risen Jesus for themselves would have been getting few and far between. Society may have been more overtly religious then, but even so, the idea of a crucified man rising again, would have been just as ridiculous. If there's one thing that hasn't changed over the centuries, it's that dead bodies stay dead. So, uh, as Luke writes his gospel, he wants people to be certain. He tells us that he's written an orderly account of the things that have been fulfilled, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. Certainty about what happened and certainty about what it means. How can I be certain about the resurrection? We're going to see that Luke gives us the facts that we need to be certain. But we're also going to see that facts are not enough on their own. Luke is going to show us that we need to remember Jesus' words. That's where we're going. So let's start uh, with the facts, with what happened. So look down uh, at verse 50. Now there's a man named Joseph, a member of the council, a good and upright man who had not consented to their decision and action. He came from the Judean town of Arimathea, and he was waiting for the kingdom of God. Going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body. Then he took it down, wrapped it in linen cloth, and placed it in a tomb cut in the rock, one in which no one had yet been laid. It was preparation day, and the Sabbath was about to begin. The women who had come with Jesus from Galilee followed Joseph and saw the tomb and how his body was laid in it. Then they went home and prepared spices and perfumes, but they rested on the Sabbath in obedience to the commandment. Now, on one level, this is just uh, the next part of the story of Jesus' life and death. But even here in this short section, Luke gives us 
lots of details that help us to be certain. So, uh, Joseph is quite high up in the social rankings, uh, but his actions are quite unusual. See, the the Romans uh, would often leave the bodies of their crucified criminals on display uh, as a warning to others. Picked at by scavengers, they might have eventually been uh, dumped in a shallow grave. Uh, But the Jews, uh, wanting to keep to the law of Moses, uh, would try and take the body down by sunset. But they considered that uh, anyone hung on a tree was cursed by God. So they would have had a separate graveyard for criminals to keep them away uh, from the righteous dead. So uh, just imagine that for a, a reputable member of the Jewish council to associate himself with this unclean, cursed, beaten body of a criminal, it would have been just unthinkable let alone uh, in the Passover week, just before Sabbath is about to start, when cleanliness is so important. So this is not the kind of thing that you can get away uh, with making up. It would be like uh, if I tweeted that uh, Rob had paid for a terrorist's funeral and had even gone and picked up the body from the morgue in his own car. It would be very easy to disprove and I'd probably end up getting sued for libel. If Luke had made this up, if he'd got it wrong, something would have been said. But Pilate uh, readily agrees to Joseph's request. Uh, Perhaps he's wanting to, to score one back against the council. He certainly seems to be be certain that the body is just that, a body and nothing more. Nor are the actions of Joseph and the women those of people who think that Jesus is anything other than dead and gone. You don't start preparing spices for a body you expect to be gone in three days' time. And uh, did you notice as well the details about the tomb that Luke gives? It's a new tomb. There are no other bodies to be mixed up uh, with Jesus's. Uh, And the women clearly see where the tomb is. There is no chance that uh, they made a mistake and went somewhere else. We'll come back uh, to that that scene in front of the empty tomb in a moment. Uh, But for now, look down uh, at verse 9. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women, because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb, bending over. He saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. These women who had started the day in mourning are completely transformed. Two uh, final facts to to point out here. You might know that uh, women were not considered reliable witnesses uh, at this time. If you want to 
to persuade someone of a fact, the last thing you would do is say that a woman told me it's true. It might sound offensive today, uh, but it would be like me uh, claiming that there was a UFO over Basingstoke yesterday. And then if you asked me how I knew, I said that uh, a toddler told me. You just wouldn't believe it. Luke would only have included uh, this bit about the women if it had actually happened exactly this way. And in the same way, the disciples' reaction is not something you'd include. Nonsense, they say, as the women blurt out their stories. Idle tales. If you want to start a new religion to take over the world, don't start with its first leaders reacting so badly to the key claim. Well, there's, there's lots more that could be said. Luke could have just told us that three days after dying, Jesus was resurrected, and he would have saved a lot of ink. But he wants us to be certain of the truth of what has happened. And so he tells us the story. He includes the details that show that it really is true. The facts help give us certainty that Jesus was dead, that he was buried, and that now the tomb is empty. But here's the thing. Facts are not enough. They weren't enough for people then, and they they aren't enough for people now. After all, uh, the women knew the facts. They had seen Jesus dead and buried. And they discovered an empty tomb. But look at their reaction in verse 4. They were wondering. They were perplexed, confused. They knew the facts, but they couldn't make sense of them. The disciples too, they were told the facts. The women reported to them what had happened. And they just thought it sounded like nonsense. The facts were not enough for them. And they're not enough for people today either. We like to think that we're rational beings, don't we? That we respond to evidence logically. But the science, perhaps ironically, says otherwise. I'm sure you can all think of uh, events over recent years that demonstrate this. Uh, a blindness to plain facts in front of you. I won't pick out any uh, in particular to avoid any controversy. There was a, an article in the, the, New, the New Yorker uh, a few years ago that reappear, uh, reappeared the other week. The headline was, Why Don't Facts Change Our Minds? And in it, uh, it explained a 1975 Stanford study People were asked to distinguish between uh, real and fake suicide notes. They were scored on their accuracy. Some uh, were told they did well, some did badly. But then the researchers told them that actually those scores had been completely made up. And then they asked them to guess how many they'd actually got right compared to the average. And the surprising thing is that those who had originally been given a good score, thought uh, that they'd done 
better than the average, that they've done well, and vice versa, even though they'd been told that those original scores were complete nonsense. The, re- the comment from the researchers was that once formed impressions are remarkably perseverant. There's been lots of uh, other studies since that show this, that facts do not change our minds. After uh, a different one, researchers said that even after the evidence for their beliefs has been totally refuted, people fail to make appropriate revisions in those beliefs. We may have brains that are able to think logically, but what we believe is not solely based on facts. And uh, Jesus' followers, they trusted the Old Testament, they believed in a powerful God. If they couldn't make sense of the facts and understand the resurrection that had happened right there, it shouldn't be a surprise to us that people today think it is a ridiculous claim when their worldview has no room for God at all. Now, uh, don't hear me wrong here. The facts are really helpful. They can remove barriers that stop someone from taking the Bible seriously. Luke has given them to us here to give us confidence. But if, if that is all our faith relies on, there will always be that little doubt that there might be a better explanation that something else could, could fit the facts. So if the facts aren't enough, what more do we need? What will give us certainty about the resurrection? What is it that takes the women from wandering, perplexed, confused, to joyfully going and telling the, disciples, uh, the apostles, he has risen? Let's uh, read from verse 1 again. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. The men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, he has risen. Remember how he told you, while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. The women, uh, they rise early to do what they had run out of time to do on the Friday. They find the tomb empty. They wonder what has happened. They can't make sense of what's in front of them. And then two men, these angels, uh, appear in front of them. Why do you look for the living among the dead? The women really should have worked it out, they seem to be saying. Jesus, uh, the one who offered living water, who offered eternal life, Jesus, the author of life himself, is not going to be found with the dead. So what do the angels do to make them understand? Remember how he told you. 
Then, then they remembered his words. Jesus himself had said to them so many times over the three years that they were with him, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. That's what made sense of the empty tomb on Easter Sunday. It's Jesus' teaching, Jesus' word that turns the women from wandering to believing. Without the, the teaching of Jesus and the Old Testament, the resurrection, it might be an astonishing miracle, but it is meaningless. But if you remember that Jesus had said that he would rise again, then the truth of the resurrection means everything else he said is true as well. Everything that he said about himself, that he is the Son of God, that he has the authority to forgive, that he has the power to save, all of it is true. And everything that he promised too, eternal life, freedom from sin, a place in the kingdom of God for those who believe. If Jesus really has done what he said he would as he rose again, then he must be who he says he is. Without uh, the word, the resurrection cannot be understood. With Jesus' words, the resurrection is the key to everything. Now that has uh, some implications for us. It means that if we want Luke to achieve his aim of giving us certainty about the things we have been taught, we need to come to the Bible and listen to Jesus. Yesterday we were uh, looking at doubt uh, as we thought about battles Christian face uh, at the Connect Weekend Away. And our, our speaker, Pete, was uh, helping us to see that uh, a doubting Christian who is wrestling with his Bible is doing exactly the right thing. But someone who has abandoned his quiet times, who stopped being taught uh, the word, is only going to have more doubts. If you're struggling with doubts, don't, don't hide them away. Come to God's word. See all that he has done and promised. Let others point you to Jesus too. And uh, as your faith grows and you become more certain, those doubts uh, should fade. I can guarantee that over the coming years there will be headlines that claim that science or archaeology or whatever it is has disproved Christianity. People have made these claims for centuries. And there's a risk that they cause us uh, to struggle to doubt. But we shouldn't be concerned. It is right to think carefully about the claims that are made. It is right to work out how to engage with them. But the way we should do that is by letting Jesus teach us about the facts and what they mean. After all, he, he is the creator, sustainer, and sovereign ruler of all things. He knows the facts far better than anyone else. 
Well, the, the importance of uh, the word for understanding the resurrection is also going to affect how we talk to those who don't believe. So, debates about uh, why the tomb is empty, about when Luke was written, the accuracy of the manuscripts. These can all be uh, great things to discuss. As I said, they can remove barriers. But no one will believe that Jesus is alive and reigns today unless they come and listen to him. That's why we love courses like Christianity Explored and things like Uncover here at St. Mary's. Because they, they give space for people to explore the evidence, to look at the facts. But they do so on the Bible's terms, looking at what Jesus says about it. So, if you're here today, uh, looking in, exploring the Christian faith, make sure you do just that. That you look at what Jesus says. Don't uh, reject Christianity unless you've heard what Jesus has to say for himself. And if you are a Christian and your conversations about faith with friends and family never go beyond the intellectual, uh, the debate, why not invite them to read the Bible for themselves with you? One final uh, implication. Luke wants us to be certain about the meanings of the facts, not just the facts themselves. And the meaning of the empty tomb is that Jesus is risen. Death is conquered. The grave is not the final destination. Those who have been united with Christ will share in his resurrection. This is the most amazing news. It's joyful news. It's news that the women could not keep to themselves. It's news that we should not stop celebrating. We should not stop sharing with others. So, how can we be certain about the resurrection? Luke has given us uh, all the facts that we need to help us be certain about what happened. But on their own, they they won't help. Ultimately, we will only believe, understand, and be certain about the resurrection if we remember Jesus' words. Let's pray. Almighty God, who raised Jesus from the dead, thank you that you acted to change the course of history. Thank you that Jesus died and rose again so that we may have eternal life. We thank you that uh, you used Luke to record the facts of what happened, uh, but that you didn't leave us without an explanation of those facts. Help us to, to trust you, to be certain in our faith. Help us to, to turn to you, not away from you, when we have doubts. Help us uh, to listen to you in the Bible. And we pray all these things in the name of our risen Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen.